welcome to this week's episode of Nutrition Cabana Podcast. I'm going to be your host, Abby Green, and today we're going to explore the topic of minerals. So this includes the role minerals play in the human body, what the most important minerals are for our bodies, and we're going to actually take a look at what can happen if we have too little or too much of a certain mineral. And I thought it would be interesting to cover this topic because I've learned a lot about minerals in my chemistry class this year, and they're actually something that I began thinking about when I was studying how our bodies were working and what we need to include in our diets to keep us healthy. So I was really fascinated about all of these things and how we get these minerals actually in our food sources. Um, So it's important to add the definition of minerals. Uh, Minerals by definition are naturally occurring chemical elements, so inorganic substances with a definite chemical composition and ordered atomic structure, and they are found in our earth. So they are not something that are made by plants or the animals we eat. They are strictly from the earth. And to quickly explain how we get these minerals from our earth, basically erosion breaks down into stone, rocks into sand, form the soil, plants and food are grown in the soil, and we're going to eat the plants that are grown in the soil. So we're actually intaking the minerals from the soil. And it also includes you know, cows that graze on um, grasses, so basically other animals that we eat as well. And that was just a little background on how we get these minerals, but I think it's important to talk about all the things that they are necessary for in our bodies. So minerals are necessary for many different functions in our bodies, and they are needed for proper composition of our blood and other fluids which is very important, and proper composition of tissues, bone, teeth, muscles, and nerves. And they're also used by our bodies to help maintain proper nerve function, muscle tone, and they can support our cardiovascular system. So they're very, very, very important um, to almost every system in our bodies. And, you know, without intaking these minerals, it's going to lead to a lot of health issues, uh, especially with your bones becoming weak, increased fatigue, and you're definitely going to have a decreased immune system. So start eating minerals. Um, Minerals in relation to nutrition, basically it's going to be divided into two groups. So we have our macro minerals. So this is going to be minerals that our body needs a lot of. Um, This actually includes calcium, magnesium, potassium, and phosphorus, also sodium. And our trace minerals are minerals that are Definitely equally as important to the macro minerals, but our body does not need as much as we need our macro minerals. So we just need a smaller amount, but they're equally as important. And our trace minerals are iron, manganese, copper, iodine, zinc, cobalt, fluoride, and selenium. And so later in this episode, we are also going to get into iron deficiency or anemia and then iron toxicity. So stay tuned for that. But with all of these minerals, it's very important to not have too little or too much. So it's really a balancing act to make sure that everything works the way it should. So you might want to take notes because these are going to be um, some of the few most important macro minerals that I found. So we first have calcium, which is the most abundant mineral in our bodies. You know, our bones are contained of 99% of our body's calcium. And the main function of calcium is to build and maintain healthy bones and teeth. 
but it's also involved in our body's enzyme activity, so it's going to regulate our cardiovascular function, which is our heart. And in addition to forming the primary structure of our body, bones also serve um, as a calcium reserve um, in case of dietary deficiency. So it's recommended by dietitians that we consume about 1,000 milligrams of calcium daily. Uh, this is the statistic for adults. And we get this essential mineral mostly from dairy products, tofu, kale, spinach, and other veggies like broccoli, cabbage, and Brussels sprouts. Um, sardines and organ meats like liver are also great sources of calcium, but the other ones are definitely more accessible to find at least, including veggies like broccoli and your system is very easy. Um, so next we are going to have magnesium, and magnesium is involved in more biochemical functions than literally any other mineral in our body. So there's over 300 metabiotic reactions that involve magnesium in our bodies. And some of its main functions is to include energy production, synthesize of biomolecules, and it acts as a structural component of cell membranes and chromosomes. So because it is so important, it is recommended that we intake 400 milligrams a day. And magnesium is really important for the health and it regulates heart rhythms. So taking magnesium supplements can also help with stress and anxiety, uh, which I've actually found to be very effective. So if you are interested in taking supplements, you could get good magnesium from green leafy vegetables, fruits, and grains. So next we have potassium, and this is going to be another mineral necessary for good health and organ function. It's also going to act as an electrolyte in our body, and it functions as a cofactor for a number of enzymes. Most people get enough potassium as it is because there are so many different sources, um, but foods high in potassium are going to include dairy, fish, meat, poultry, vegetables, grains, potatoes, the list goes on and on, beans, and the infamous bananas. Infamous. And this is going to be my personal favorite. So now we also have sodium and phosphorus. So these both are already available in our diets. Most people tend to get too much sodium actually from fast and processed foods. So that McDonald's burger and fries going to have a lot of sodium in it. Um, but the human body actually requires not as um, not as a significant amount of sodium as people may think. Um, so it actually requires a smaller amount to conduct nerve impulses, uh, it contracts and relax muscles, and it maintains the proper balance of water slash minerals. So sodium is also going to help maintain proper blood volume and blood pressure. So now for our trace minerals. So we first have manganese, and it is an important ox antioxidant um, in the mitochondria, and it is going to assist enzymes in metabolism, bone development, and wound healing. So the element is commonly found in seeds and whole grains, and for smaller amounts of it, it's going to be found in green veggies, nuts, beans, and even tea. Um, another element is copper, 
there's a big list, so you might want to take notes, but copper is also very important, and it is a cofactor to certain enzymes, which are involved in energy production, connective tissue formation, and iron metabolism. So copper can be found pretty much in the same sources as other um, minerals, also including iron. Uh, Iodine is the next really crucial mineral for our body, so it is a component of the thyroid hormone and it is required for normal thyroid function so you sometimes hear that the thyroid gland referred to as the master gland of the body and there's definitely a good reason for that because it makes and stores hormones that are easily uh accessible uh for every function of our cells in our body so it's very essential and some great sources of iodine uh that occurs naturally is in seafood dairy products, grains, eggs, and poultry. So in fact, the U.S. um, and many other countries, so salt is fortified with iodine. So you probably have iodized salt actually in your own kitchen. So the next one we have is zinc and it is involved in cellular metabolic processes and it's going to be used in growth and development, the immune system, neurological function, and reproduction. So it's definitely a good idea to take zinc supplements if you start feeling a cold coming on because it really helps boost your immune system to fight off viruses. And then we have cobalt, and it is present in the body as a part of vitamin B12, which is involved in the manufacture of blood cells and the nervous cell or the nervous system function. Now we have iron, and this is one that we hear a lot about because it is used in red blood cells to carry oxygen to the tissues, and it is also a critical component for many metabolic proteins and enzymes. So iron is found in the body in the form of a heme iron and a non-heme iron. So heme iron found in animals is um, bound with a ring-like molecule, and heme iron is present in red blood cells. So now heme iron, which is found in plants, Uh, such as iron sulfur cluster proteins, uh, are used as energy production and other metabolic functions. So it is recommended uh, for men of 8 milligrams of iron and for women, 18 milligrams. But for a pregnant woman, it is actually 27 milligrams. And some great sources of iron are chicken, beef, clams, liver, seeds, spinach, and a little sweet addition is dark chocolate. So now for our talk about too little iron and too much iron. So we have iron deficiency and iron toxicity. So the best way to get iron is by eating food. But, you know, what happens if you intake too much or too little iron? And I think it's definitely important to talk about the chemistry behind it. Iron is highly reactive and it can easily give or take electrons. So this can make its charge have the oxidation of plus two or plus three. And we know that we have a lot of reactive oxygen in our blood, so this iron loves to bind with it. And oxygen and iron are both reactive, so they combine beautifully. So when the mitochondria stores this iron, it's actually going to be the iron or Fe, which is the 
a symbol for iron on the periodic table. That's something important to recognize because um, we're going to be talking about iron later on and um, its charge. So important to know. Um, but basically, iron is going to make the oxygen in the mitochondria want to react with sugar, and this needs to happen in order to make ATP and CO2. Now for symptoms. So when you don't intake enough iron, um, the symptoms usually include weak muscles, trouble remembering things, fatigue. Uh, this is also called being anemic. Um, an another good example of this is actually, let's say you get up from your bed too fast and you get really lightheaded. If this happens a lot, it could be a sign that you are a little bit anemic. Um, but when you intake too much iron, uh, it could actually cause liver disease, heart disease, and neurotoxicity. So very important things to keep in mind. And this is all leads to the question, how is your body going to maintain its iron levels? Um, there's two ways. So number one is losing blood. So an example of this could be a woman's menstrual cycle and two, which is losing cells, which could be getting into a crazy accident and losing body parts, or it could simply just be your skin shedding itself. So let's just say you want to go out to a fancy restaurant and you're going to order steak, but you're going to order a big tomahawk steak all to yourself. And the question is, where is all this iron going to go from the steak? And the iron is actually going to travel down the esophagus, into your stomach, and into the small intestine. And your small intestine is where the iron is absorbed into your, your bloodstream, and it is also filled with a bunch of electrons, so perfect for the reactive iron. And in the intestinal cell, so Fe3+, is going to gain an electron before it becomes Fe2+, where it later gets taken under control by a protein called DMT1. And this is just going to be a metal transporter in your body, which basically has a strict hold on the iron. So it's almost like the iron's bodyguard. And it decides when the iron should be carried um, on through the body. So also within the cell, there is ferritin, which is a blood protein, and it's going to store the iron, and it also regulates how much can escape the protein within a period of time. So think of ferritin as a mini jail for the iron. Some gets released when the sentence is over and, you know, some could serve for life or just their time. Um, but it also keeps the iron in a soluble and non-toxic state. And it is extremely important for the protein ferroportin. So this is going to transport the iron throughout the body. Um, iron can also be left behind in the cell. The ones that were in jail for life, um, they will eventually be pooped out in the body after a couple of days, um, but they can be left behind and build up. Um, another main place in the body the iron loves to hang out in is your liver. So your liver is always taking one for the team, and iron is actually able to get in your liver um, from a special vein called the hepatic portal vein, and this is going to connect your small intestine to your liver. So your liver always taking one for the team, and it also helps storing iron. So the ferritin protein from before makes heme, which is an organic ring-shaped molecule, and this is actually capable of holding 
the iron molecules. And from there, the ferroportin, which is the distributor, distributes the blood ce- distributes the iron to the blood cells. So another thing to bring up is hepcidin. And this is going to be an iron-regulating peptide. And it actually helps bind ferroportin to plasma from all the other iron-transporting cells. And basically, the ferroportin delivers iron to the plasma um, from all the other iron-transporting cells. And its production is usually stimulated by iron stores. So now the back door of your body to get rid of iron is the micropage, which is a type of white blood cell and it has a huge appetite. So it's basically like Pac-Man eating all of these irons. And it recycles iron in blood cells when it eats dead cells with iron in it. And it can even send iron back to the liver. So again, with the help of ferroportin, the FE is allowed to be transported into other places of the body. And I thought it would be fun to end the episode with just three fun facts about iron. And blood cells can actually live four to five months. Um, FE2+. Uh, is actually what gives blood your red color. And Fe3+, the one found in plants, is actually a bluish-green color. Um, But that is going to be it for today, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode.